0: And uh, we've been going through this series, and God just worked things out. We made it to chapter 11, right before the missions conference. And I think you're going to see how this chapter ties right in. You know, I love it when God has a plan and God's plan works out. And uh, as I was studying, I thought, now, Lord, do you want me to bring a special message for this Wednesday night before our missions conference, or just stay with our current series? And notice I've entitled this, Living Well Means Giving Well. And uh, there are more than one way to give. It's not just financial. And, of course, we understand that to send missionaries around the world is going to take some resources. But uh, this matter of giving is in many areas of our lives. And so hopefully you've got a copy of the outline there in the bulletin tonight, and you can follow along there. But as you think about this chapter, let me just introduce it to you this way. Uh, you could see here on this uh, photo, and you could see it on your, your bulletin, All the bread, it looks like some bread truck just spilled right out into the ocean there. But this is the famous chapter that verse number one says, "'Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days.'" Now think about this. This is God's word, and God is the one who is asking us, really telling us what to do. "'Cast our bread upon the water.'" Now, we've we've talked over the last couple of weeks, listen, where does that bread come from? Now, I hope you're past the fact, well, I worked a job and I paid for it. Because we all understand that all good gifts come from the Lord, that God provides that job, God gives us favor with the boss. And here's what I love about this verse is the promise of God that he says, if you just do what I ask you to do, he says, thou shalt find it. And that's the promise of God. Now, I don't know how you'll find it. I don't know how it's going to come back to you In what way it'll come back to you. I just know this, it will come back to you. And as Solomon gets to chapter number 11, it's easy to see when you read this chapter how Solomon's heart is turning back to the Lord. His life, like many of ours, began to look very different. You know why? Because Solomon's life was all lived for himself. Everything was about what I could get out of life, uh, how much money I could have, how many things I could have, but as his heart started to turn through this book known as Ecclesiastes, that we see that his heart begins to change, and his world listen, the world that Solomon lived in, it was still the same. But the difference was his inner man was being transformed. Look what the Bible says, as Paul wrote to those in Rome in Romans 12:2, "Be not conformed to this world." but be ye transformed. Well, how does that happen? By the renewing of your mind. When our mind is renewed by the word of God, it says we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's so important for us to understand that we need to make sure, and and when you look around and you see these flags representing all these countries of the world, folks, This isn't just something that, hey, we didn't have nothing on the calendar, so let's just put up a bunch of flags and have a missions conference. No, this is the will of God. This is the purpose of the Lord Jesus. He came to seek and save that which was lost, and people everywhere need the Lord. And this is what we see about Solomon's life, is his attitude and his joy was being renewed, and here's why. It wasn't because of his job. It wasn't because of who he was. It was because God is a good Lord. God was working in his life. God was changing him. And I've seen the Lord working in people's lives and in people's hearts here at our church, just like he's worked in my heart over the years. And I think it's, it's a neat thing to see how not only Solomon's life, but other people, how all of a sudden a person who was so uh, selfish and wanted what they could get out of life, now all of a sudden they have a generosity to give they become, Solomon wants us, like he, he realized, to become daring in our faith. You know, it's hard to exercise faith. It's kind of like going in the gym, picking up weights. Uh, a lot of times we look at it and think, I could pick that up. Well, put another, put another uh, weight on the bar, see if you can pick that one up. Put another weight on the bar, see if you can pick that one up. And that's what God wants us to do, is he wants us to exercise our faith, and Solomon is challenging us, to invest in eternity. We have talked in the last weeks about this matter of eternal investment. Somebody said, the more of life I give away, the more that life becomes meaningful and valuable. And that's what happens when we realize that, look, you can't take it with you when you go. And so I might as well get involved in something that has eternal significance. So look at these principles tonight that I think are going to help us Look at the first one is, he mentions that life is an investment. And what we need to do is we need to live to give. We need to live to give. Look at verse number one again. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Now here's what Solomon's advice is. Listen, are you listening tonight? He says, here's what I advise you. Invest your life. Invest your life. Well, what are we invested in? We're to invest it in the work of God. Well, you can't do that unless you exercise faith in God. The word that he uses, cast. Here's what it speaks of. Total commitment. Not partial. Total commitment to the cause of Christ. You know what that's the opposite of? That's the opposite of withholding something. That's the opposite of hoarding things for yourself. Uh, they look, folks, they've even gone so far and it's been on for a long time, the show called Hoarders. You know? It's amazing some of the stuff that people hoard. I've just gotten in my life where instead of keeping things, holding on to things, I just keep trying to get rid of stuff. You know? I'm like, I don't need this, I don't need that, I don't want this. But I boy, I, isn't it amazing how many thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people will tune in and watch a show just to see how ridiculous people are and the stuff that they save. Now, again, that may be, you know, if you invite me over, maybe that's what your house looks like. I don't know. But but listen, what we need to do is we need to totally commit and cast by faith our lives into something worthwhile. We need to invest in the cause of Christ. Wise people live to give as far as and as wide as possible. We need to get the gospel, folks, around the world. It's so important that we do that. And he says, look at this statement here, after many days. See, somehow the, the life that, that you gave away, in some way, in some form, what you give to God, that investment, your life, will come back to you. Now, again, I don't know if I can fully explain that, but those who embrace this value that I'm talking about tonight of living to give, they, they're the kind of people that when I get around them and they're generous in their giving and they're exercising radical faith in God, you know what I find is they're people that always have enough. Matter of fact, many times they have more than they need. Here's a great illustration. Look at Proverbs in your notes, Proverbs 11. There is that that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that that withholdeth more than it is meet, but it tendeth to poverty. That's a great verse. But look at the next one. The liberal soul, the one that gives, shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. And the Bible is clear There is If we get a hold of this principle of living to give, Folks, the, the greatest investment in life, you know what it is? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Giving out the gospel. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. People need to hear the message. That's why Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, many times what we do is we get the cart before the horse. And it's all about... Things instead of what God wants us to do, is seek Him first, the kingdom of God first. So, one of the things Solomon helps us understand here in chapter 11 is life is an investment. Look, God gave you that life. What you need to do is invest it for His purpose. And how do you do that? You live to give. Look at the second thing that He says. He says, Life is unpredictable. So, what do we need to do? Live with courage. Life is unpredictable. Listen, did anything happen today in your life that you didn't expect? Anybody? I know every day that happens in my life. Something came along, something happened, somebody called, this or that. So what do we have to do? We have to live with courage. Look what it says in verse 3 of this chapter. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree fall toward the south or towards the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Now, I think all of us understand this, the circle, if you want to call it circle of life, whatever you want to call it, that we understand that what happens is we've got, the the truth is, is that they they claim that there's always the same amount of water, moisture on the earth at the same time, but it goes through cycles. What happens is, is that you find you've, you've got the oceans and it, it, it evaporates, and it builds up in the clouds. Well, then the clouds become full. So what do they do? They empty. We call that rain. Where does the rain go? It goes right back where it came from, right? And so what we, what we need to understand is as we think about that, it, it is this changing of forms. Water finds its way back to its source, but what water does do is it produces and it sustains life. You know, here we're in South Florida, and you know most of you have lived here for a long time. But if you go to other places in the country, like you go to the, like the area of Tennessee and things like that, the leaves have changed colors. They're all falling off the tree. When you look outside, everything looks dead. It's dormant. Well, here in South Florida, everything's still green because there's water here all the time. I lived out in Southern California, and we were in the desert. Everything was completely brown there. But what does water do? Water brings life. And that's what he's talking about here is he says this circle continues to repeat itself. And he says the clouds, they can't, they get so full of water. Guess what? Listen now, don't miss it. The clouds can't keep the water. Eventually they become so heavy that they have to empty themselves of all that moisture. They have to give it back. Now it's in the giving back that guess what? We, like those clouds, that's where we become valuable, is we get so full. You know, the, the the Bible uses the word fat, okay? It's not talking about putting on weight. It's talking about being blessed. And here's what he's saying is, is that you and I, we become useful for God's eternal economy. Look, God has blessed you. Listen to me. He has blessed you so that you can be a blessing, God, look, God allows the water to go up into the clouds so that the clouds then can pour out rain on the plants, on the vegetation. You with me tonight? It's a great principle. Every one of us knows it, but here he is in chapter 11 in the Word of God. He's trying to help us understand that God, listen, God saved us for a purpose. And God blesses us so that just like those clouds, that we can pour out, we can empty ourselves, we can invest our lives into something that is eternal. Listen, it's unnatural and it's impossible for us to have a full life if we withhold things. The only way that we can have a full life is by emptying ourselves, by investing in something of eternal significance. So what do we need to do? Look here, Here it's this simple, learn to give yourself away. Learn to say, listen, uh, I, I just need, this is what God wants me to do. Well, he wants me to cast my bread upon the water. Now, here, watch this. Remember how the water evaporates, goes up into the clouds, and it comes out of the clouds, comes back down? Guess what happens when you give your life away? Your creator will replenish it. Just like he does with that circle of life, he'll do the same thing in your life. When I, I find sometimes when I expend myself and I think to myself, i got no more gas in the tank. God, by his Holy Spirit, replenishes my life. And it's important for us to understand that we need to live with courage and realize that God can do that. We need to be like those clouds and start pouring ourselves out by faith. And so he says, life is unpredictable. Live with courage. Look at number three, another great lesson. Life is dependent. Be faith-filled. Life is dependent. Be faithful. What is God always, through the word of God, from the beginning of the creation of this world and mankind, you know what God has tried to help man understand? That he is God and that we need to depend on him. We need to trust him, Right? That's what, the, that's what God has always tried to get mankind to understand. You know, it's like our children. Our children, they learn when they're young that they can depend on their parents. We, as God's children, need to understand that we don't need to figure out God's provision for our lives. We will never be able to figure out God. But I'll tell you this, I'm amazed sometimes. My daughter's about uh, eight months pregnant with our next grandbaby and my daughter, she just, she's so in love with this baby, this child, that she's never met. She's talking about him. She's decorating his room. I mean, she's so excited about this young life, this baby that is growing within her. But listen, you and I, we will love what God grows with our giving. In other words, as we give. You know, I just I shared five missionary letters tonight. We, we support over six mission, 60 missionaries as a church. And as we give, guess what happens? We get to see how God takes what we give and he uses it and we see growth. And this is exciting because when we are dependent on God and we're faith-filled, then God can do something miraculous. Solomon is telling us, and I think I can put it this way, Solomon's saying, look, don't worry about doing the math. What you need to do is just obey the principle. And the principle, look at it in verse number five. Here it is. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all folks, we can't understand God. We don't, you know, I'm not God. I can't explain everything about how God works, but I can't, look, even though I can't figure out what God is going to do, I can trust his heart. I can trust the heart of God. So look, don't let your giving, your generosity be based on conditioned condition on a contingency. Let it be committed to a core value. Look, when I give to the Lord, listen, that's exactly what I do. I'm giving it the Lord. Anything you give to God is never wasted. Everything, everything you give to God, God will use. So life is dependent, Solomon says, be faith-filled. Number four, life is rewarding. Keep giving. Life is rewarding. Keep giving. Look at verse number six. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether uh, whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Now, here's what he's saying is in this, he says, give when you are young. And he says, keep on giving when you are old. In other words, when you're young, it's it's talking about in the morning. Anybody still living in the morning of your life? (laughs) I left the morning time a long time ago, you know, but he says, look, even when you're in the evening, in other words, as you get older, now here's the principle Don't wait to get involved in something eternal. Don't wait to to invest your life until someday, he says, you can do it while you're young. You can do it in the morning. But he says, look, don't stop being a giver in your life even when you're in the evening of your life. In other words, be consistent with your giving. One of the things I've loved about our church is, uh, and again, I don't pay a lot of attention to this, but I have noticed that we've got We've got some some folks in our church that live on fixed income. We've got some folks in our church that are shut-ins. And sometimes I'll see stuff come in the mail, and I'll see a name on it. I'll open it up, and there will be a tithe check and a, a, a missions offering. And I'll take a look at that amount, and I'll be like, I'll look at it, and I'll look away, and I'll think, I'll look at it again, and then I look at the name on it. And I think to myself, wow. This is a person that is in their 70s, 80s, that's living on fixed income, that just believes that even though I'm in the evening of my life, I need to, because I'm thinking to myself, if I made it to that point in my life, I don't know if I'd keep doing that. Uh, you know, because I'd be thinking that like most of us, I, I need to make sure that, that I have enough money Uh, to last me, to pay for my medicine, to pay for my housing, or whatever it may be. But he says here that life is rewarding. And no matter if you're young or old, he says, just keep giving. Look what the Bible says again in verse number six. He says here in this verse, in the morning sow thy seed, in the evening withhold not thine hand. We need to stop reasoning and stop fearing and stop trying to rationalize. And Solomon says, start giving. You know, Realize that there are people that need the Lord. A biblical life is a life of giving, no matter what age you are, no matter what life stage you're in. Look at Matthew 16, 25. Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall, will lose his life for my sake shall find it. That's a promise from God. He says, look, just get involved. He says, life is rewarding. Keep giving. Look at number five. Life is short. Be delighted. Life is short. Be delighted. Look at verse 7. We're just going verse by verse. Verse number seven, truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Now what's he saying here? He's telling us to remember as he calls them the dark days or the days of darkness. He's talking about all of us, no matter how long or short life is, he 's saying all of us are going to have hardships in life. every last one of us we 've all experienced some of those, and even the longest life is one that, that that all of us end up at the sunset of death, so to speak and i 'll tell you tonight if you 're here and you 're breathing, which I hope every one of you are, but if you 're here tonight and you 're breathing i 'll tell you, look, you have one recourse, and that is you should rejoice. And you should live well by giving well. God says, look, I've been good to you. I've blessed you. I've given you life. And he says, I know you've had some dark days, but you can rejoice in what I have done. He says that you need to live well. Well, what's he talking about? Living well. He's talking about investing your life, planting your life. One day, all of our lives, the sun is going to set on them. But here's what you need to think about is, and this is what Solomon had in his mind is he's thinking about those that are coming behind him. He's thinking about how that the harvest of his life is going to be something that follows him even after he's gone. Look, the Bible says, he being dead yet speaketh. See, th- your life is going to be lived on by those that know you, those family members, and what God does is he gives us opportunities. He gives us life to steward and look, our, our days on this earth, they might be br- brief, but we can plant our lives while we are alive, and God will use whatever we give to Him, God will use it to grow a harvest of eternal value. I've seen people involved in, in giving to missions, being a part of reaching people, and I've never regretted that. You know why? Because life is short, and the key was they were delighted in the life that God had given to them. That's the way the Apostle Paul lived his life. And then look at the last lesson we've got here tonight in this chapter. Life is for Jesus. So get ready to rejoice. Life is for Jesus. Now look, we don't have to wait till someday, but here's the thing we need to see. Look at verse 9, these last two verses of this chapter. He says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes, But know thou that for all these things, God will bring thee into what? Into judgment. Now look at verse 10. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart, put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Now here in in these verses, he's talking about how life should be lived for Jesus, how that we need to get ready to rejoice. He's thinking about the days to come. You know, we've got this life, and guess what? We've got the life to come. And he's making reference here how that we need to steward life. We need to cherish the life God's given to us. We need to plant our lives into something eternal and invest it while we're in this world. Why? Because someday it's all going to end at the same place, at the feet of Jesus. Our lives, we're we're all going to give an account to the Lord one day of what God has given to us, what we've done with it, And so here's what he's saying at the end of chapter 11. Get ready to meet thy maker. You know, will you have regrets? He says, look at verse number 10 again. He says, therefore remove sorrow. Look, you won't regret. You won't have to stand before the Lord and say, boy, I wish I would have if right now you say, look, I'm going to invest my life. I'm going to plant my life. I'm going to give to the Lord. And it's time that we need to, Look, you think about those clouds again. We, we don't need to be some fat, blessed cloud. What we need to do is let the water go. We need to let the water out, let the rains begin. Uh, we need to find something like a mission field, like a people. Uh, just, just a letter Brother Meriwelly wrote about all the different Bible projects that First Bible International is involved in. You know what I think about? I don't think necessarily just about those Bibles. I think about all those people in the world that have never heard the gospel, that don't have a copy of God's word, and yet many of us have two, three, four Bibles. It's so important that we we find a field and we pour ourselves out. May our lives be lived on purpose and our lives be fruitful for God. And so the decision tonight is this. We need to live our lives to give. So it goes back to where I started. Listen, living well means giving well. And that's what we've got to do is we've got to find a way that we can invest our lives because folks, look, there are others coming behind us and God's going to hold us accountable for the life that he's given to us. I hope that you understand how very important life is, the life that God's given to us. And so tonight, take your prayer page there if you would.